Hey all, Rabbit Wookie, Matt Easley, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, well, bored again. It's 5am. I fell asleep a little bit early during the Norwich game, actually. It was so dull. So then I slept till about 11pm midnight and now I'm wide awake. So thought I'd just talk about first jobs because everyone has had a shitty first job in their life. And uh, it's just some of the things that occurred during my first experience in the workplace, if you like. And uh, I'm sure everyone's first job can, can probably relate to this because it's just, oh, they're awful. They're absolutely awful. You don't want to be doing it, but you have to because your mum's asking for rent and that type of thing, so you got to earn some money. So I was fresh out of sixth form uh, sort of 18, obviously, and uh, I had been accepted to go to um, Bedford University to do a degree in um, physical education, but fortunately I'd broken my ankle the the year before and it was still too weak, so I deferred and um, just never went back, just thought my mum saying, oh, you got to pay me rent, blah, 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 and so, yeah, my mate Marky at the time was the section manager. There's a Roy's of Roxham, it was called, in Eton, Cringleford in Norwich. And uh, at that time, it was called Roy's of Roxham. That's a very sort of like local monopoly they had on a lot of things at that time. Still have it in Roxham. It's like mafia run. There's Roy's Toys, there's Roy's of Roxham, there's Roy's Butchers, you name it. They're, that family is like a little mini, mini Sicily in... in those parts of Norfolk but anyway Marky got me the job bless him because he was in charge of bizarrely which would lead I blame him for a lot of things that happened in life he was section manager on beers wine and alcohol and uh, he was also responsible for the cigarettes which yeah we'll get into that in a bit but um it was a good job you know it was like sort of fresh out of school and thought, yeah, this is great. So joined joined Roy's and Marky and uh was a good team. You know, had had some great laughs. But uh Marky was responsible for um the cigarette you know, if you got cigarette packets in damaged, then they could be written off. But at that time it was very different. You know, we're going back like Christ, I'm forty six now. So we are literally going back 25 years more plus, probably 26, 27 years. And so, yeah, if you got some cigarettes in that were damaged, you'd write them off, but then nobody really kept track of where they went after they were written off. So Marky had quite a good system going where um, me and him would jump up and down on a, on a few cartons and damage them, write them off, and then we'd... <laughs> go and sell them in the local pub so that was that was a nice sideline actually because it subsidized the absolute shite pay so yeah that was that was one of our little sidelines and we had a mate who nick who if you're listening mate i won't mention your surname but he used to like stock taking in the fact that he took a fuck of a lot of stock <laughs> but he eventually got caught 
he nicked a stereo. Well, he didn't nick it. He pushed it under the gate out the back. And then after he finished work, he went round to pick the box up and um, took it home with him. And then his problem, his main problem being that then he then tried to take it back and get a refund and get the money back for it. And considering he worked there, obviously the police <laughs> were called and um, they found quite a lot of stock under his bed, from what I recall. And uh, that was that was kind of a, an instant dismissal in itself. But, uh, yeah, we won't go into that, Nick. I, I promise, mate. I won't give you a surname away. So, yeah, so after sort of a little while of work in there, we um, got taken over by Waitrose. I'm very posh, because it was a very affluent area, like this place in Norwich, you know, it's like kind of millionaire's row, Kringleford and that way. And so, yeah, they were completely different, because Roy's was sort of just basically, good God, you could do what you want, you know, you go down to the pub at lunchtime, you'd have a laugh, and it was chaos, basically, it was carnage. And they kept some stuff on from from the Roy's days and a lot of others jumped ship or weren't kept on. And I would say I was lucky enough to be kept on, but it didn't really turn out that way. But uh, I'll never forget the first meeting we had at Waitrose. They bust us all off to the UEA and had hired a lecture hall there, bizarrely, a local university, and they gave this big, spiel on their company values and partnership with John Lewis and you're all partners, you all own a, a part of this business, all that bollocks basically, it's just like complete shite, but they give it the corporate one I'll never forget, they um talking about ABC ones and they're the only customers they want to actually attract and what ABC were, ones were, were the, the most affluent in the community. So if you're Joe, Joe Average and you didn't fit their financial or their, their financial criteria or you didn't drive the right car and parked it in the car park, they weren't really very welcoming to you. And it's unbelievable they actually said this, trying to deter old Roy's customers from, from even setting in the in foot in the shop. And it's just like, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. It was just like, seriously? You are kidding me, you toffee-nosed, arrogant, obnoxious twats. You know, it was unbelievable. Anyway, I decided to stay on because they put my pay up by about 10p an hour. So, yeah, woohoo. And, uh... I actually worked my way to sort of assistant section manager in charge of provisions, but my main speciality was cheese. And to this day, I do retain an unbelievable knowledge about cheese. I made it my mission. And unfortunately, obviously, my surname's Easley, so I became known as Cheesley because I just knew everything. Bloody, you, even now, you can ask me about buffalo mozzarella or a cheeky dolce latte or a, or a blue vein stilton. I'll give you the works. Just hit me up with your cheese questions. That'd be brilliant. I'll get back into it.
but yeah, so I worked my way up to ISM provisions and uh, we had this girl there who was, I don't know, she, I'll be polite, she was kind of quite challenged, I guess, intellectually. And it wasn't a disability, it just was, she was challenged intellectually. And I used to run the the whole section on Sundays on my own. Um, And so I thought it would be funny. And this was written warning territory we're going into here. Uh, I thought it was funny to tell her to look out for a delivery of cheesy chips because at that time the far show was was all the rage. Don't know if anyone remembers as old enough as as I am to remember that. But cheesy chips was a big thing. It was like a piss take on the far show. And so I thought it'd be funny if I said to her, can you please look out for a delivery of cheesy chips? They don't exist, obviously, because I said we needed them for the the freezer section. And uh, she, I hadn't seen her for about seven hours. And I suddenly thought, where is she? You know, she's not doing her normal job. And I went to look for her and she was looking in the freezer and she was really panicking. She said, I can't find these cheesy chips, Matt. And I was just like, oh, crikey. And so I said, oh, I'm so sorry. No, I was, I was just joking. And she got really angry and put in a complaint. So that was a written warning. And um, so we moved on from that. And then probably a couple of months later, she, God, she was annoying. So she kept coming up to me. And I was covering fruit and veg that day because it was a Sunday again. I was running the place. And she kept coming up to me, talking about these grapes. So I went and had a look and she was saying, look, they're, they're, they're purple, they're not green. So I stupidly said in a joke, well, that's because we ordered seedless. They're not seedless. They've got seeds in them. And she was like, well, what do I do then? So I said, well, can you cut them in half and uh, take the seeds out and then glue them back with sugar water? And sort of laughed and walked off. My God, seven hours later again, I thought, where is she? I went in the fruit and veg prep room and she's there and she has cut up so many grapes and scooped them out and she's glued them all back together again and put them back in the box. And it's just like, what are you doing? And she said, what you told me to. I've made, there's, we're meant to have seedless. And I was just like, oh, fuck me, this isn't going to bode well. So I said, no, I was joking again. Lo and behold, another written warning. So I did sort of learn my lesson a little bit, but not, not really. But, oh, my God. I mean, you just can't write that sort of stupidity. There's no fixing it. Anyway, um reason I'm telling this really is because um chatting to a mate the other night, Marky, and he went actually into Waitrose uh, last week and there's still quite a lot of people, even 25 years later, that still we know who works in there, you know, they've, they've sort of made it their career, if you like, and uh, found out a really nice guy, um, John, his name was, 
Um, lovely guy who was there when I was there. Um, the gayest man you'll ever meet in your life. Um, but so, so funny and so kind and so lovely. And uh, apparently him and his dad got taken into hospital with COVID um, last week and they they both passed away on the same day. So that's what made me start thinking about uh, those times and rest in peace, mate. You were an absolute superstar. And uh, yeah, there you go. And just shows what what's going on in the world at the moment. But you other, you know, I'd already had two written warnings and got asked to do a stock take overnight one night and like it was for double pay so obviously you're not going to say no so me and the actual section manager um were the only ones in the whole store and uh they obviously had wheelchairs to to kind of help the disabled customers and uh we thought about 5 a.m after a very big coffee break that um We'd have a race in these wheelchairs round the aisles and uh, not even thinking about CCTV. So it was like Mario Karts. We were both going for it, clattering off aisles, knocking things over, you know. It was a bit like supermarket sweep, but in wheelchairs. And uh, went home, didn't think a lot more of it, tidied everything up and then um, got a call to the manager's office my next shift and he... He played me in the CCTV and said, is that you? And I thought, well, who the fuck else is going to be wearing a white coat and a white hat at 5am burning around in a wheelchair, you complete bellend? So I just had to say, yeah, you know. And he said, what do you think you were doing? And I was just like, well, I couldn't think of it. I had to tell the truth. I was just like, we're having a race. And so, yeah, that was a verbal warning. And then... uh, the office staff upstairs who did the microphones, you know, this store will be closing at 8pm. Please all go to the checkouts. Oh, I was up there and it was about half seven. They'd all gone home at six. They only worked till six. And the microphone was there. And I don't know, I don't know why. I just pressed the button and passed wind down it. And according to my mates on the shop floor... It's it was an absolute cracker. It went it went for England. <laughs> and, uh, I tried to make it into the locker room before a manager came up, but I wasn't quite so lucky. So that was another verbal warning. I was on last chance saloon. My days were numbered. And then um, ordered too much ham one Christmas. I was in charge of like provisions ordering. And they had a new automated, like, computerised system. And at that age, you know, you're 21, we're talking 1995. Not many people have really had much experience with computers. And these Christmas hams, they were monstrous. They were, oh, I say, a good sort of 15, 16 quid a pop. And I meant to put, like, 100 in, because I thought over the Christmas period, from sort of three weeks prior... You'll you'll easily sell a hundred of those. Unfortunately, I hit an extra naught and ordered a thousand Christmas hams, and the uh, the bell ends in Bracknell never bothered to clarify it. So I was probably responsible for the 
biggest meat giveaway in Waitrose history because we, we probably did sell about 100 and one or two. So I was probably a bit short on my original order. But the thousands on, on like Christmas Eve, they were reduced down to like a quid each for like these monstrous bloody honey honey smoked gammon hams you name it they were all over the shop and so yeah i got bollocking for that i didn't get a warning for that though actually because uh it was bracknell's fault for not confirming the order considering our actual average um sales at christmas were about 95 to 105 so i'd hit the middle so, yeah, I got away with that one to a degree, although that was the biggest meat sale I've ever seen. And then I uh, had a bit of a wrong end, really, because there was these two pricks who worked there. And I kind of, I was under their radar. He was the the kind of branch, assistant branch manager and then the section manager of fruit and veg. And the section manager of fruit and veg was called Clive. And he looked a spitting image of Mr. Burns off The Simpsons. He was one of the ugliest, pathetic little men I have ever encountered in my entire life. And he was about the same build as Mr. Burns as well. And then there was Adrian Finch, who bizarrely, if you watch Channel 4 and New Life in the Sun... He was featured on that a few years ago. Um, he's set up a B&B in France. But he's your typical fat Essex chav. He drove a white Escort XR3i. And he was about mid-50s even then. Yeah, well, not mid-50s, probably late mid-40s because I was 21. So everyone seemed old to me at that, that age. And I had the misfortune of... This Clive had split up with his girlfriend and uh, she was the checkout manager. And, oh, I used to hate her because she'd, she'd bloody well call me on. That was my worst call ever. Mr. Easley, go to checkout four, please. And I was horrific on checkouts. You never want me checking anything out. That is for damn sure. You know, I didn't know what I was doing because I only had to cover in emergencies or if it got really, really busy. And it'd just be like, oh, fuck's sake, no, please. And there was one person, and it wasn't really my fault. I'd done their, like, scanned their shopping. It was all on the other end of the trolley. The idiot had put his credit card on the bloody conveyor belt. But obviously, it's going to keep going if there's nothing else there to stop it on the sensor. So it was like something out of a, a crap movie. I saw his credit card coming down the conveyor belt. He was watching it. I couldn't pick it up quickly, quickly enough. And it went down that little slot between the, the conveyor belt and the silver bit that stops the food. And he started hopping around. Where's it gone? Where's it gone? And I, I don't know. I, I was just like, to was, as far as I was concerned. I'd never had an experience like that. So he's hopping around like he's on hot coals. Where's it gone? Where's it gone? 
ring your bell, call your manager. And I was just like, I genuinely don't know where he's gone. And so I rang my bell, this checkout manager came up to me, the female, and she was like, what's the problem? I said, his card's gone. And she was like, gone where? And I sort of pointed, saying, it's gone down there somewhere. And she was like, oh, for God's sake. So unbeknown to me, there is a tray underneath the checkouts that you can pull out that catches, like, the fruit and veg crap and stuff like that. And his, his credit card was in there, but it looked like boomerang. <laughs> it had bent, like, yeah, literally like boomerang. It had bent completely, sort of, in half without breaking. It was just very curved. So I picked it up and started pressing it out on the top of the checkout. And he was like, give it to me. Oh, and it just, oh, it was ridiculous. And in the end, he was so rude. And it's just like, it's like this old bloody bin who came up to me at Christmas and was just like strudel pastry, strudel pastry and I'm just like well if you come with me madam I'll show you our pastries she was like no I want strudel pastry so I took her to like the chilled puff pastry, short crust pastries, whatever you get in those packs I didn't know what she was on about she was like strudel pastry, there's no strudel pastry and I didn't know, I'm 21. I haven't exactly had a baking career or know what pastry you use for what bloody dessert. So she started kicking off and I was not in a good mood that day for whatever reason. And um, I just turned around, I just remember turning around going, why don't you fuck off and die, you old cunt? And she... <laughs> she went batshit, but luckily, because she was, she was quite old and very rude, may I add, she was accusing me and I denied saying it because no one else heard me. And so I got away without a warning for once, for that one. But yeah, getting back to these two managers, I um, he'd split up with this checkout manager, the section manager, this is Mr Burns. He'd split up with her like four or five months previously. And we had a night out in Rick's place and uh, it just it just happened, you know. It ended up, we uh, went back to hers and X, Y and Z and then we'd kept it a secret for quite a while. But as any workplace knows, you don't keep secrets for very long. And uh came out that I'd obviously slept with her and I was actually seeing her as well at that time. So, um, yeah, they started, because they were best mates, him and his XR3i, fat boy Essex, Adrian Finch, or Mr Finch, or as I like to call him, Fister Minch. And then uh, old Mr Burns as well, giving it the cool one. And I was just like, mate, you do realise you can give me the cool one at work? Because it was bullying in the workplace, really. I said to this Clive. Mr. Burns said, you can give me the call one in work, mate. You do realise if I ever, ever see you out of this place, I'm going to knock you out. And he just ran off with his tail between his legs. And anyway, the writing was on the wall. So on that bombshell, I kind of handed, I got the job at Virgin Financial Services, which was a very big well, it led to a lot worse things, but it was a big improvement salary-wise. And uh, on my last day, I'm ashamed to admit, 
because I, you know, the cheese bags you get to put um, pick and mix in, and you you print the label off. Um, I got one of those, and I went to the freezer out the back, and I had a crap in this um, freezer bag, and then I sealed it up, and I could print my own labels, and I printed check the use by date on this fister minch and i took it onto the shop floor and put it right at the back of the cheese counter behind the cheddars and then i left and i've never heard another thing <laughs> and so there you go <laughs> anyway sorry to bore you all just my ramblings um love you all loads take care bye bye